0: This is a podcast by ScienceMug.com. ScienceMug! Come out and play! ScienceMug! Come out and play! ScienceMug! Come out and play! Oh, hello, hello, dear English-speaking, thinking, reading, hearing, listener. Welcome back to me, at ScienceMag, Written Science M-U-G, the blog podcast twitter and instagram accounts go found me unsuccessful campaign holder entity behind the zazzlecom slash stuff and go eShop that tells you science stories while longing for a sip of truth from all the cows around and for just a smile from that particular girl. Yeah, that one, you know what I mean. And that does all of this in English question mark, language that is to proper English what anti-vaxxers are to something that even remotely makes sense and what a dodo was to a win-win at the Evolutions Lottery. And that reaches your ears thanks to the voice of a very dumb human that has been, the voice, kidnapped via a wireless voodoo trick. Back. Okay, let's start with a quick recap of the previous episodes. There is an international bunch of researchers headed by Professor Nuria Selva-Fernandez presently working at the Institute of Nature Conservation Policy Academy of Sciences. The researchers publish a paper on science where they tell us that they created a map of the world's roadless areas, that is, the terrestrial areas not dissected by roads that are at least one kilometer away from all roads and, therefore, less influenced by roads effects. The scientists' map shows that roadless areas with a one-kilometer buffer to the nearest road cover about 80% of Earth's land, that is, about 105 million square kilometers. Moreover, the good researchers create a unitless index called EVIRA, or EVIRA, I don't know how to pronounce it, as in Ecological Value Index of Roadless Areas, that scores the index, the ecological value of the above-mentioned roadless areas. The index goes from 0, 0 being the slums of district 9, to 80, 80 being a very very good spot of nature's among human stuff. About one third of the roadless areas have a low Evira score. But both low and high ecological valuable roadless areas are only by a tiny fraction inside protected lands. This means, dear listener, the researchers say, that global protection of ecological valuable roadless areas is inadequate and that uh, there is a urgent need for a global strategy for the effective conservation, restoration and monitoring of roadless areas and the ecosystems that they encompass. And this is proven by two of the most important global initiatives that exist at the present to preserve biodiversity and promote sustainable development. One, the Strategic Plan for Biodiversity 21-2020 and two, the United Nations 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. Both these global initiatives fail to take into consideration the impact of roads on ecosystems and the need to safeguard the roadless areas. In fact, the reaching of many of their proposed goals somehow conflicts with the possibility to actually preserve the roadless areas. And if you want a quick example of how important it is to protect roadless areas, think of this, dear listener. In the Amazon, unprotected areas near roads and rivers have four times more deforestation than protected areas. So these are the results Professor Selva Fernandez and their colleagues get from their massive research work. But why do they even care to do such work? Meaning, why do they pick roads and roadless areas as the topic of their research? Well, dear listener, the answer is because roads' effects on the environment are huge and the value of roadless areas are huge as well. Let's start with a deep look of roads' effects, okay? Oh. And by the way, dear listener, make no mistake, any type of road causes some effects on the ecosystem. So, not only the long, wide paved ones like highways, but also the short, narrow, almost invisible unpaved ones, such as path or less. Ok then, there are 7 general direct and indirect effects roads have on ecosystems. 1. Mortality from road construction. 2. Mortality from collisions with vehicles 3. Modification of animal behavior 4. Alteration of the physical environment 5. Alteration of the chemical environment 6. Spread of alien species and 7. Last but not least, increased the use of areas by humans read deforestation at Similia As for mortality from road construction, point 1 Well, just think that, according to the data of 1996 of the U.S. Department of Transportation, the construction of the more than 13 million kilometers of roads in the USA destroyed almost 5 million hectares of land and water bodies that sustain the plants, animals and other organisms. So basically, one Denmark or two New Jersey gone. Moreover, road soil is 200 times more compact than regular soil, and this fact dramatically decreases the survival rate of soil organisms, which are not directly killed by the construction of the road. The mortality from collision with vehicles involves any sort of animal like for example moose, armadillos, wolves, hawks, owls, tropical forest birds, snakes, crocodiles, iguanas, amphibians, and of course a plethora of invertebrates, especially insects. And the road kills, dear listener, are not trivial in numbers as they can sensibly impact on these animals' population's <laughs> demography. Vehicle collision, for example, is in fact the first cause of death for moose in Alaska and barn owls in the UK, the second one for lynx in Spain, and the third one for wolves in Minnesota and here in New York. Roads induce modification of animal behavior causing home range shifts, as well as alteration of the movement patterns, rate of the reproductive success, escape response, and even the physiological state of animals. It has been proven, indeed, that the heart rate and therefore the metabolic rate and energy expenditure of sheep (laughs) increases near roads. Moreover, roads, acting like barriers, can isolate population and even reduce, and not only for animals, the population gene flow. Where population gene flow means, and I quote here, the movement of genes between populations. This uh, may happen through the migration of organisms or the movement of gametes, such as pollen blown to a new location. End of quote. Roads' alteration of the physical environment and alteration of the chemical environment involve several issues. Soil compaction, as mentioned before, which can persist even decades after a road stops being used, then a reduction of water vapor transport or increase of surface temperature so that the heat stored in the roads during the day is released at night, creating a heat island around the roads themselves. Besides, road traffic mobilizes and spreads dust and pollutants which spreading around can contaminate aquatic ecosystems and covering plants can impair the photosynthesis, respiration and transpiration. As for the of the chemical environment, while well, maintenance and use of roots pump many chemicals into the environment, dear listener, especially heavy metals like lead, aluminium, iron, cadmium, copper, manganese, titanium, nickel, zinc, and boron. These heavy metals end up in water reservoirs and plants and animals' tissues. That is, dear listener, Eventually, in the food you humans eat and in the water you humans drink. Besides heavy metals, other odor-related pollutants are salts, that alter the pH and the chemical compositions of soil and water, and poisons like dioxin and other organic pollutants, like it. Spread of exotic alien species and diseases is another big issue connected to roads. Roads facilitate dispersal of alien species via three mechanisms. One, roads create a sustainable habitat for aliens by altering original conditions. Two, roads stress or kill native species, making space for the exotic ones. And three, roads allow easier movement of alien seeds dispersal. A 2007 study done on a motorway in Berlin shows that from about 600 to 1,600 seeds per square meter per year are spread by vehicles. Of these lost seeds, those of exotic species were more than the half, the 44.4%, and among the samples, the 191.1% of the seeds were of highly invasive species that exhibit detrimental effects on native biodiversity in some parts of the world. The most scary part of this research are 1. That more than one third of the times the seed dispersal is a long distance one, more than 250 meters from the road. Two, that long distance dispersal occurred significantly more frequently in seeds of non native than native species. And three, that it is a routine rather than an occasional mechanism that of the seed dispersal. So now you know how easy for us bodies nature is to do the job. <laughs> Joking, joking, uh, dear listener. Although I probably have armies, uh, well, I'm not only brainless but also bodiless, so nothing to snatch indeed. But that doesn't mean there's some pod waiting for you, listener. <laughs> Anyway, dear listener or body-snatched listener, the last but not least general factor that roads have on ecosystems is the contagious development, that is, the increased use that then spreads of formerly unreachable areas by humans. You know, dear listener, The easier to get to somewhere, the easier it is to do human stuff, like, I don't know, to poach, or to legally and illegally hunt, fish, dig mines, build resorts, and so on and on. Not to mention the possibility to cut trees. Deforestation is a major thing when one thinks about road-related environment effects. Let's make an example and consider the Amazon deforestation, for example, for example, for example, dear listener. 95% of all deforestation occurs within 5.5 km of roads or 1 km of rivers considering that in the Brazilian Amazon for every kilometer of legal road there are nearly three kilometers of illegal roads maybe the numbers are even worse so dear listener you start with the so-called first cut the first road built in a formally pristine place then from this initial road a network of secondary and tertiary roads spreads leading to a big increase of the spatial extent of habitat disruption again let's see what happens in the Amazon. The construction of the first paved highway across the Brazilian Amazon begins in the early 70s of the last century as a narrow cut through the rainforest. Since then it has evolved into a 400 km wide slash of forest destruction across the eastern Brazilian Amazon. Even just upgrading roads can be detrimental for the ecosystem. In wet places like rainforests for example during the wet season unpaved roads become modern nightmares that is unusable, hence limiting the road-related human activities like deforestation. But paving them changes things. Paving of the interoceanic highway, for instance, has led to dramatic increases in deforestation and illegal gold mining in the Peruvian Amazon, not to mention, of course, the road kills. And, dear listener, it's not the roads are going to disappear. The International Energy Agency, the IEA, estimates that by 2050 the world will need a 60% increase of combined road and rail network length that is for the roads to add nearly 25 million kilometers of paved roads not to mention the unpaved ones 25 million kilometers of paved roads in the next 30 years folks it's enough road to encircle earth 600 times in addition it is expected that between 45 and 77 thousand square kilometers of new parking spaces will be added. In total, road, rail and parking infrastructures by 2050 is expected to amount for between 250 and 350 thousands square kilometers of built surface area or roughly the size of the united kingdom and germany respectively the amount of money spent for construction reconstruction upgrade and maintenance of roads from here to 2050 is estimated to be 120 trillion US dollars, that is the 2% of the projected global GDP to 2050. On top of this, nearly the 90% of these new roads and infrastructures will be built in developing nations, which have many of the planet's most biologically rich and environmentally important ecosystems. So, lots of new roads are soon to come, dear listener. This means a further shrinking of roadless area. But why roadless areas are so important? What's in for the human beings if they are preserved? <laughs> the answer after the break. Hi, my name is Pavel macradudu lancaster You probably remember me for causing a cramp to the Procas area of your brain just a second ago. I am here to sensitize you to a very important environmental question, the lack of a global policy to protect and preserve the last free-living, non-domesticated exemplars of dudes in white and short socks over sandals, a species of meek bipeds whose flocks in the past were usually seen in warm sunny habitats and that now fashion pesticides, good taste epidemics and the conspiracy of something has led to the brink of extinction. If you too, like me, Love Nature and Biodiversity. Please, take action and send a clear message to your sock-shoe shop of choice to ask for more attention about this important issue. This message was approved by the WOGI, the World Home and What a Waste of My Time Global Initiative. So, dear listener, in the end, one can ask himself, slash herself, why bother and take care of the roadless areas? For starters... Dear listener, Rhodales areas contribute to preserve biodiversity as they are habitat that can keep well-fed and alive and endangered species. Besides, rodelus areas are barriers against the spread of pests, invasive species, and both animal and human diseases. And rodalisarias, especially if large, grant crop pollination, air quality, water supply, and erosion control. And And dear listener, roadless areas are of much importance when it comes to climate change. Rodeless areas, indeed, are less stressed ecosystems that, as a consequence, are more capable than ecosystems already altered by human activities to cope with the consequences to recover faster and to be less influenced by external forces like the climatic threats. Moreover, roadless areas can become a safe haven for those species forced by the climate changes to move from their original habitat. Areas with no roads are better at the carbon sequestration game. Think of it, dear listener. In places with low accessibility, like the remote mountain areas, the amount of depth wood and soil carbon should be higher. Hence, if the carbon is there, it is not in the air. And if carbon is not in the air, love prevails in the air. Cupid is happier, the chocolate industry drives, meaning more jobs and more money for the people, more work given the chocolate for the dentists, who then pay more taxes, more taxes mean more welfare state, that coupled with more chocolate in the streets mean less stress and more joy in general. So, in conclusion, dear listener, less roads mean less carbon in the air, therefore less CO2 in the atmosphere, and more chocolate for everybody, moreover, areas with no or just a few roads provide protection against the impacts of storm events like flooding, landslides, and wildfires, besides acting as actual weather extremes buffers and keep local climates stable. Anyway, dear listener, let's make the whole thing more concrete, let's put the nice words aside and talk about money, money, money! Let's consider, for example, the economic value of the forest ecosystems that the roads contribute to put at risk. I quote from a review about the economic value of forest ecosystems here. In forests, ecosystem components such as microorganisms, soils, and vegetative cover interact to purify air and water, regulate the climate, and recycle nutrients and wastes. Without these and many other ecosystems, goods, and services, life as we know it would not be possible. It has been calculated that the total value of forest ecosystem goods and services is of $4.7 trillion larsa annually So let's break these numbers down, won't you? The total value of forest ecosystem goods and services is of 4.7 trillion dollars annually. 4.7 trillion bucks are roughly half the GDP of the euro area and China, one-third of that of the European Union, one-fourth of the GDP of the USA, or if you prefer, three times and a half the GDP of Russia, two times the GDP of France and India. Or, if you prefer, it's about the GDP of Japan. The forests made in USA alone are worth 63.2 billions back a year. The 75% of the forest ecosystem value is accounted by climate regulation, waste treatment and food production. As for biodiversity, it is esteemed that the U.S. agriculture would spend $54 billion a year if it had to use chemical pesticides to replace the natural pest control services from all natural ecosystems. Moreover, the pollination job done by natural ecosystems is worth $4 to $7 billion annually to the U.S. agriculture only. And not to mention the recreation factor, oh la la, ooh la, la the economic value of tourism in the US, roadless areas is calculated in 600 million dollars a year. So, dear listener, as you can see, lots of money from the roadless areas, but again, roads are not only useful, are essential to humankind's well-being. You humans cannot simply get rid of roads or even stop building them, so what you humans can do about this problem. Well, Professor Salva Fernandez and the colleagues first of all say that the world policy must become conscious of the necessity to preserve, restore and monitor the still existing roadless areas. Some things that can be done are to avoid the before mentioned first cut, meaning to leave pristine areas alone. Put a greater emphasis on the so-called offshore projects that don't need a road network. An example is a natural gas project deep in the Peruvian Amazon, which has no roads linkages, with all personnel brought by helicopter in and out of the site, and with two pipelines buried, and the area above them are recovered with the plants and trees. Then, strict early screenings on the sites of planned new roads need to become a must, along with greater transparency, a strong public engagement, and a systematic, thoughtful analysis of both direct and indirect effects of new roads and roads upgrades. So, dear listener, it's a matter of strategy, and I'm done. Science Mug, come out and play. Science mag, come out and play. Science mag, come out and play. This is a podcast by Science mag.com.